remember doing war in Zimbabwe for the independence. Some freedom fighters from South Africa visited with us in the hotel and their main reason for coming there was to ask Bob to write a song dealing with Free Azania because them feel it would have the same implications and effect that Zimbabwe had over its people when Bob penned that because I tell you when we were there although the independence and them was something new that they were just learning they knew the words to Zimbabwe you know that Bob wrote not to match up in a Zimbabwe every man had a right to decide his own destiny so I think even those lyrics you can change the name from Zimbabwe to uh, South Africa or Zania and it would be very current right now legacy has come full fruit into reality you know because you must remember that war which is you know a speech penned by his imperial master here Selassie put the music by Bob really symbolize again everything that's going down in South Africa you know until the philosophy which was one race superior and another inferior is permanently and finally destroyed then there will be no peace so, you know, the effect that the legacy have is just really fulfilling today in a lot of ways, I guess. That's why some people say he's a prophet. So, as you say, him and Peter and thing, them know that this day would happen, but I still would have love for them to be here physically with me in the flesh for embracing. As in Bob one word saying that they think it's the end, but it's just the beginning. And I feel this whole South Africa situation is really just the beginning because then we have to deal with something called reconciliation, which we really saw as something that to deal with after Rhodesia became Zimbabwe. And I think the only thing that can stop this movement is if people expect expectations are so high that them think Mandela have the power to wave a magic wand and change from night to day. You know what I mean? But I think the struggle continues and we now have what we say controlling power. They can make it right because this 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 incident are this commemoration celebration in South Africa is something that the whole world have to look upon because it's something that we have sweeping and tremendous change I really feel and globally not just in South Africa because you must realize that if that region of Africa where all the gold and the diamond and the wealth is is now going to be placed in directed by our hands then Africa can really rebuild itself from its own you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Not yes. saying we're still not going to look to help from America and all them kind of places and England and things to pay back them Jews, but at least what is there can be really exploited for the masses of the people because there's no reason for people to live in shanties in South Africa with the ore and the coal and the diamonds and the wealth that they really have there. And all them kind of things is what Bob was preaching for him lyrics. So, well, that is the legacy I really feel him leave, you know. The message, the words that him leave with us and great melodies. But sometimes we forget melodies, but we never forget the lyrics. 
Yeah, well, you know, Barack Bad say you got to deal with the lyrics because I say if we do have our own newspaper, reggae, I'm saying reggae is like, it's, it's like a Rasta newspaper. You know what I mean? I say our, our news, our articles write is the lyrics. Because I remember in music always reflecting what's going on and in the society and especially on the point of view of the poor and, and oppressed because remember, say, reggae is really was the only vehicle that I think poor people could express themselves in the past never owned a newspaper. You never even have no really small papers like the Boulevard News or them kind of thing you could even hear anything. So I mean, by music being played on the airways and dance, we definitely know our history was told, present history was told by the, the singers and players at that time. So that vehicle, I feel, is the legacy that Bob leaves that I, I think really play a great part in liberating South Africa. When Mandela came here, he didn't say thanks to Bob Marley, especially what he said thanks to the lions here who created the music to uplift them people and support them in the struggle that kind of way. Well, the music has changed and as we always say, the music tends to reflect the people and the time that's in because you just remember while Bob was writing protest songs in Jamaica, Bob Dylan was writing protest songs in America. And you had the hippie movement, which was running parallel, in a sense, with the Rastafarian movement, movement in terms of consciousness and awareness. And I think now we're in a period where maybe it's too much, maybe the information highway is too wide. Because that is something I'm thinking about, that maybe when people have too much information, they don't get none. But when you and I were going to school to get information about African our history and thing, it barely was in the library. It was True. never taught in school. We couldn't see it on TV. I for one never learned no true history of Africa till I went to university in America and finance libraries where all them things is. Now the information as it happened it's there but why men not really see no way by youth look like them concerned. Them wear the earring and tell you that uh, is an Afrocentric style, but if you quiz them beyond what it really means in that society which you adapt as Afrocentric, them don't really know. So I find the music effect a very surface kind of thing now. No music being made outside of a few dancehall artists like Bush Banton that are that's a cut deep. You understand what I mean? Uh -huh. If that you could, I, I mean, like, I. I really rate Bujo Bantan. I think Bujo Bantan is indeed the voice of Jamaica now. The current voice and aptly named for his album because him talking about not just ting-a-ling-a-ling, -ling, but like the, the song that he made about AIDS, Put a Rub on Your Willy. I feel that should have been a universal anthem because him, him did it so cleverly. This is not a mini mini-series or you know or a soap opera showing you say you know the reality and him clever use of lyrics it really remind me of Bob in a way that him could use ordinary street lyrics and really make it a reality that you can sometimes laugh at you can cry at but it really you can deal with it and remember it mm -hmm. and I wish you have more people like that of course then you have Tony Rebel where you don't know whether you can you, you said that it's cultural dance all that stuff I have more, you know, Tony Rebel more in continuing him, him is a Rasta man already, so I'm definitely not going to deal with no slapness. So I think what happened with the music now is that it reflecting, yes, where a lot of young people head is at, and I think it's, you know, it, it, it's very surface. It don't really get too deep. It's very material. It's very how you look and not who you are. So it's a different era, you know, and 
things always go through and them change with times and seasons. And I see where cultural music really look like it making a come comeback. You know? Yeah. Or come forward. Or come forward, yes. Uh, it's just everything is just for time. All I people like Bob Marley prove is that his music is timeless. And timeless music is good music. A music that you can play at any time and it can hold it own with anything contemporary, anything old, then that is good music. But a lot of our music, I'd call throwaway lyrics, because the lyrics is very important. As a painter, when I paint, I'm not looking necessarily at my style and brushstroke, but what my composition is about, the subject matter. So I think, you know, when we come out for the triviality and we realize that matey and all them kind of things, not really caring about it in a way. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. something to slang and talk. But that's what the young people like and every generation make them own changes. So I can't really tell them what to do. But I feel time will make them conscious because that way me just happy go lucky forever. And it's not going to be an overnight process? No, it's not going to be an overnight process. And attitude is something you can't legislate. But them say until our back is against the wall. But I don't think we can go further back. No, unless you want to go through the world. So all I say is that people must listen. Listen to people like Bob Marley. Listen to Redemption song. Never forget this line. Emancipate yourself from mental slavery. None but ourselves can free our mind. I live with that. Old pirates, yes, they rabbi. Sold I to the merchant ships. Minutes after they took I From the bottomless pit But my hand was made strong By the hand of the Almighty We forward in this generation Triumphantly Won't you help to sing songs of freedom cause all I ever have redemption songs well for the next time is what links we have with Bob um, Bob, Peter and Bonnie as the whalers did a, their first performance in Kingston for years they had kind of taken a lead from the music scene and then their first performance was at St. Andrew High School years ago when the inner circle band was almost a new group and um, after that when third world started Bob Bob's first world tour third world was the opening band for the English legs uh, we recorded with him in England and punky reggae party and um, I gotta keep on moving then Richie and apart from that you know I used to go by tough ground and tune up the electric piano theme and Adam really and you know, we sit down and read about life, about Rastafari, about Africa. Um, those are the immediate connections, you know. And as an inspirer, you know, he was always positive. About correct, correct. And excuse me, correct me if I'm wrong. Were, didn't you also play with him? Uh, was it a peace concert? No, the peace concert, we were actually in NASA. We weren't at the peace concert. They wanted us to be here, but we were actually in NASA at the time. Uh, but we played on the Dream Concert. The Dream Concert, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yes, and we played on the Jackson 5 Concert. Michael Jackson and Bob Marley. That was his first major, major stage show. Bob? 
Wait, wait up, you mean Bob and Wait up? Yeah. No, the Jamaican major station was the one with Marvin Gaye. But Marvin Gaye came in the early, what, uh, 73, yeah, right, because we had just started, 73 when Marvin Gaye came. And all the phone had the first time, like, real big PA set up. Mm-hmm. And they played one show in Caribbean, one in the stadium. And then after that, now we had the gym console, the TV. And so on. Now, yeah, Bob had all the little positive also, you know, um, and always had inspirational words to the music. He always inspired us to, you know, mix the culture of Jamaica in, in the music, as well as, you know, making it palatable to Western pop taste. You know, that was a mix that we were all trying to achieve at the time, you know what I mean? An electric sound with, you know,
If you don't want to work, that is your business. We don't care. If we if if if, if working to get the record and then after done servicing it, we can't go work with it. Then you waste my time. And you not defend nothing. Because if you don't want me living in a house, then if you don't want me to work for living in a house, then why you defend? You know, deal with that thing near me and the suffering business after. God show you say well then you can make it easier. And a guy with a figure says I'm material and material, but dig this. Me not to me not to listen to people say no because plenty of people are just pure hypocrite. <laughs> before I entered any pageants and um, we were actually close and getting to know each other by the time I finally entered Mr. Makeup Body Beautiful. So by the time I finally won Miss World in 1976, um, we were already close. Well, I guess it's fair to say that uh, he struck me quite differently from anyone I had known up to that time. Um, as a youngster coming up, of course, you meet various people, and as all teenagers do, you date. <laughs> and um, I think up until that time, nobody made quite that impact. I think I recognized immediately that if I became involved with him, it would change my life permanently. Um, and it certainly did do that. I think all of us who came in contact with Bob back then recognized immediately whether subconsciously or consciously that he was just special. There was just something extremely different about him. He was very driven and the religious conviction and all of that. You know? And an aura. Yeah, definitely. It's a presence. Definitely. But apart from the presence or the aura, the things that he talked about and the things that he wanted out of life, you realize that there wasn't room for much trivia there. His music, of course, we were all just getting into at that time, and we were certainly touched by it. And when I look back today, you realize just how important it was when it was actually happening and how much more important it is even now, because I think that Bob is a true folk hero. He was an original and remains that today. 
his music is just as fresh now and as relevant and as important if you listen to it now as it was back then. And I think we need that even more now than we do then because we have so many more problems. The, the kids need direction, they need heroes. We need our heroes now very, very, very badly. We need people we can look up to who've done great things, who've lived a life, set an example, people like Nelson Mandela. You know, they don't come along every day. So when you do have them, you need to really prize them and put them on that pedestal and keep them there. You really, really do. I can certainly say that from day one, Bob's influence, although a lot of people might have found it difficult to understand or accept at the time, because it was certainly downtown meeting uptown in a way that it never had before. Um, especially when Damien came along, I think that outraged a particular sector of the society. But positive, single-mindedness of purpose. He was extremely encouraging. Um, as a young beauty queen, I know that there was a lot of flack on his side. Um, how can he be interested in a young woman who gets up there and shows the whole world her flesh? But I was extremely healthy and very fit and very involved in a physical way of life, a fitness way of life. And you know, Bob was 100% into that. There was nothing he loved more than being fit, football, healthy, working out with weights. So we certainly had that in common. But how did it affect you? Because as a young beauty queen, Rasta, especially in those days, was not the, uh, the norm. Well, it wasn't, but somehow we lived through it. I'm, I'm not quite sure how, but it was just one of those things that was meant to be, I guess you could say. We had enough in common, and we were interested enough in each other's lives and the various things that we were involved in to give each other a degree of support and encouragement and find common ground. And that's really what it takes to sustain a relationship. So even if you might not feel comfortable in every social situation, you find time for each other in the right kind of situations where the relationship can flourish, which is basically what we did. So he was very, very encouraging with all the fitness education. I used to work at the gym, if you recall, so that was my way of life. And um, later, in later years, when I started Idle Craft, oh, he brought us the first power tools we ever had, he brought us 
shells from Australia, he brought us raw material from England, and he would come up there at three in the morning and sit down and say, all right, what you want me to do for you now? He's a tradesman, you know, what you want me to do? He was just, to any, once he saw you doing something constructive, creative, positive, you had his support all the way. Because that was how he lived his life. Now let's talk about Marta, the musician. Mm-hmm. How has it affected you? Well, it certainly affected me in that he touched the whole world um, so widely that as a woman who's trying to get into music today, seriously, I've had the pleasure this year of performing on five Bob Marley festivals overseas in various places. And there's no question about the fact that because I'm the mother of one of Bob's children and have had such a close association with him, that those doors were able to open for me. So um, that's certainly one way in which Marley the Musician has touched my life. Um, I think too that I look back on his music and wish that Damien would listen to more of it because of the message being so important and because he was such a prolific writer and because you hear a lot of music today that doesn't necessarily send out a message to the youth, not the kind of message that I as a parent would necessarily want them to be hearing 24-7. So I'm glad that he is listening to a lot more of it now and working with it and incorporating it with his own writing. I'm working a lot with Steve Marley as well. They're doing a lot of work together right now which I'm very happy about too. The children get along together. Oh, great. All the children. Mm-hmm. Which, for the most part, for some people, is uh, something I don't think a lot of people can understand. Well, I don't know that it's something a lot of people can't understand. I think it is something that a lot of people have never experienced. That doesn't mean it can't happen. I think that in a lot of relationships and homes where parents go their separate ways, there is animosity which is mostly fostered and encouraged by the parents because of bitterness towards each other. But I think all of us women who had children for Bob all knew that if there was one great wish that he had was that all of his children would be close and would see each other as brothers and sisters. And I think that in our own way, we have all respected that wish and done whatever we could to see it happen. And it has happened. And mainly because that was his wish. It's not the norm, but it's not the norm because people don't work at making it the norm, not because it's so difficult to happen. It's truly a clan now. Yeah, the Marley clan. Children, yes, they're very close. And it's incredible, like in the show in Miami, all seven songs were on stage together. Now, I don't know if that's happened anywhere else. I know I've never witnessed it before. Rowan was up there, Kimani was up there, Robbie, Julian, Damian, Ziggy, Steve. It was absolutely magical. Fantastic. And they were all having such a great time and they just looked so happy to be all together, you know? So it was good. So, I mean, it's hard to say it all in, in, in a few words, you know, if it's or even the time that we would have here now. But I think anybody who knew Bob well looks back and says, boy, am I ever glad that I knew him. What a privilege that was, because I doubt that I will know two such great people in my one lifetime. And he still inspires us all very, very, very much. We all watched him work when he wanted to drop. We all watched him give away his dinner when he was hungry. We all watched him do for others and give to others in so many ways. That, um, you know, we enough respect you. In closing, mm-hmm. if you were to summarize the influence or the depth of his music how would you describe it 
Well, as I said earlier, I think Bob was a true folk hero. He was for the people. Um, he was more than just a, a, a reggae musician or a rock star or a sex symbol or any of those things, all of which he incorporated, obviously. But I think there was a sincerity there and an understanding of the struggles of black people, poor people, oppressed people the world over because he grew up very with very little. So it wasn't something that he just sang about, it was something he had lived through and experienced at every different level and fought his way out of. You think it was any little task for him to get where he got with the odds that were stacked against him at that time as a dreadlocks coming out? People were afraid of rasters. I mean, you know, the odds were such that you really had to be driven. I mean, the people, this generation, see Rent a Dread and see the, 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 the dreadlocks and the colors and take it for granted. Well, right. They don't understand. But, and when I was a girl walking home from the back gate of Immaculate up Norbrook Road, when you see a Rasta man, that is somebody you keep your head straight and pray him don't call to you because he's nuts. He's going to do you something for sure. Um, you know, it was someone that you were taught to fear in certain echelons of the society. So it's, I'm sure it wasn't a little bit of fight that Bob went through to get where he got, but he really was very driven and highly inspired. And I think that that is what still keeps his album on the charts today, because wherever you find people in this world who are desperate, downtrodden, and looking for something to make them feel better, that's the music they reach for. They put that on and the message is there, the hope is there, don't give up the fight, we and them are going to work it out. Whatever line you want to take, it comes with an element of sincerity and truth and inspiration and of having lived through it yourself. It's different when I'm from Norbrook to get up and decide I'm going to sing about poor people's troubles, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about. It's a different thing. And the line you have chosen is? Well, I went for romance all the way. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? It's been a long, long time. And, and that is not my biggest problem because we love everyone. But all we don't love is the people of Iceland. We don't love them. Turn your lights down low. We can't leave from that vibration and be more positive sometimes and be nice. 
sing love songs. You have to sing love songs. You know what I mean? But the only thing I like sing love songs, I don't like sing them because it's natural that people can understand. Say it's something I'm going more than just this I love you. Can you even play for my mind and make sure start it nice? Let's take a shower. Shower together.